Welcome to Propel, a podcast by Fellowship Pacific to propel you and your ministry forward in the mission God has for you. I'm your host, Jessica Powell, and in today's episode, I got to speak with Dr. Josh Cruz, a registered psychologist and the pastor of counseling at Village Church, about what makes burnout such a problem for those in ministry and how the pressures of leading through COVID-19 have made this even more of an issue. You'll get to hear as he lays out such practical advice and wisdom for how we can live and work in a way that is actually sustainable, allowing us to do the ministry God has called us to for the long term. So let's listen in now to my conversation with Dr. Josh Cruz. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Propel Podcast. I am so excited to have with me today Dr. Josh Cruz from Village Church. Uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jessica. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, we are talking today about burnout, specifically burnout in ministry and uh, just what pastors and ministry leaders can be on the lookout for and doing to keep themselves healthy, uh, especially right now while we're all in COVID-19 crisis time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into that, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Um, married, I'm married almost 18 years, have four kids. Uh, so my oldest grade 12, uh, which is interesting in light of everything that we're in, in the grad year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grade 12 year old son or yeah, son, uh, grade 10 daughter, uh, grade six year old daughter, and then uh, grade four son. And, uh, so they keep us busy. They keep us active, um, help us refuel. They drain us and yeah, big part of uh, our lives. And, um, had a journey with them, uh, just even in the sense that uh, we've moved around a little bit. So I did, yeah. uh, started my education at University of Victoria uh, here in BC, and then uh, did a psych degree and then went down to California. Just, I want to do counseling, probably need to do a grad degree, went to uh, Southern California, and then we were there for seven years. So did uh, a couple masters and then a PhD. And it was just each door opened along the way that was never the intention. It was, okay, I want to learn more. I want to learn how to integrate faith with counseling. And that was a big part of doing the PhD, um, feeling like I've got my psych, I've got my yeah, spirituality relationship with Jesus. And how do I make these work, not just for my life, but then for the people that I work with. And uh, by God's grace, my wife was willing. And so we just, <laughs> we kept going. And then uh, moved back up here uh, to uh, Surrey area, Vancouver area, uh, about eight years. And it's been kind of a crazy journey. We came back and I started teaching at Trinity and I was in their undergrad psych department. And that was the plan. I would do counseling practice on the side as a psychologist and then, um, yeah, teach full time. And then within about a year or two, uh, I was attending uh, Village Church and started talking about coming into a shepherding role. Uh, which is quite a shift just because that was never part of the plan. When I was going through my uh, PhD program in clinical psychology, they weren't talking a lot about, and if you go down the pastoral ministry route, this is what you do. It was more practice or hospital settings, and but it was such a good fit. Uh, I know a lot of times churches will then do, um, and, and this is great, then referrals out to counselors, and uh, there can be a bit of a divide. So to be able to come in and do that well, uh, very intriguing, prayed into it, uh, got open the door, and man, has it been a journey, uh, just even coming in, like uh, coming into vocational ministry, and what that means, and what does that look like for boundaries, and um, it's messy, but it's beautiful, uh, so it's been quite a, I feel like I got another PhD in just 
ministry um, in the midst of that and grown right. as a person and um, yeah, crazy journey along the way. That's for sure. Oh, wow. That is crazy. I know it's, it's fairly unique to have the, cause I, you still have a private practice mm-hmm. as well. So you still yeah. have that and you're a pastor and the ability. And I know, I mean, I worked with you for a little while. That's how I mm-hmm. got to know you <laughs> and, you know, so got to see firsthand and even experience firsthand the blessing that you are in the church. So thank you for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'll also, I think I saw you have a, you're doing a podcast now yourself as well. Um, yeah. Uh, like so counseling things? yeah, village church counseling podcast. And the yeah. idea is doing 10 to 15 minute uh, snippets on uh, conflict, depression, um, addictions all, all across the board, just to be able to provide right. some information, but then some practical help. Um, yeah. To help meet people in the midst of what's going on for them. So yeah, it's been fun. It's awesome. exciting. I love doing them. Awesome. And now, and now we've asked you to come on and talk about burnout. So you just get all the fun topics. No, this is great. I, I love it. My, my heart, and I think this is part of how God shaped me, if I can then come in and better understand what's going on for someone and provide some sort of support or help or encouragement or sometimes even challenge in it, hmm. love it. So um, yeah, as these things come awesome. up, like I'm, uh, it's such an honor to be on this. So I appreciate you asking me because I know for leaders, this, this is big. Like even not for leaders or outside a church, this is really big, but definitely within the church. And how do we navigate yeah. this? This isn't our second round of COVID-19. This is, this is all new and we're trying to figure it out. And man, we need each other in and through this. Yeah. And, and even, you know, we're talking about burnout today. It's, that's not even new with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's been an issue all along. Um, maybe I was, I was thinking maybe before we jump fully in, it might be good if you could just describe or, or explain for us what burnout actually is. I think it's prevalent enough now that uh, we all kind of have an idea in our head, but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily what it actually is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, uh, and a lot of people will talk, like throw it around. I think I'm burning out or so-and-so burnt out. And yeah. uh, I think if you look over time, there've been different terms for it. Let's say like, oh, I'm having a nervous breakdown or, so is that more of like a psychological psychiatric sort of thing? Is that I'm really tired? Uh, yeah, even in terms of diagnostically to get technical, uh, it isn't a, like we have the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual. There isn't burnout in there. Uh, we have major mm. depression. We have chronic stress, generalized anxiety, those sort of pieces. Uh, but burnout is different. Like it's essentially sustained chronic stress. And then mm. we, we get depleted physically, emotionally, spiritually. And it's like, we've got nothing left to give. We've got no more room. We're done, like spent. And uh, the other distinct uh, distinguishing factor for burnout is it's often job related. Whereas let's say depression, it's a little more global, like, oh yeah, no, just relationships and motivation. Um, And not all the time, but sometimes even I'm I'm done. Like um, I don't want to live anymore. Uh, tends to be a little bit more on the depression side, whereas burnout tends to have a focus with work, but it will spill into the other areas where, man, I'm not relaxing like I did before. I don't refuel like I did before. I, I don't like what I'm doing right now. Oftentimes, especially the deeper we get into depression, like I used to love doing this. Uh, it could even be, I hate doing this, or I'm driving into work, or especially these days, a lot of the times it's, I'm getting up and walking to my office and I don't want to sit there. I don't want to open my computer. 
if I get another email, oh, my phone's ringing, I don't want to do this. It's, it's basically we're depleted, um, especially uh, true, true burnout. I don't have anything more to pour out and I'm discouraged and I don't really feel like going forward in it. And, and the risk would be that we're just trying to manage and cope and we're doing it in unhealthy ways, whether it's, hey, I'm drinking more than I did before or even the pornography, overeating, over like binge watching stuff, binge spending, um, all sorts of things to try to manage or soothe this, this difficulty, this depletion of energy and support. And it can be, yeah, it's discouraging. It's incredibly discouraging. And a lot of times you don't really see it coming. You're all of a sudden in it and whole, and some people they'll initial stages start exploding almost like irritability uh, starts coming out and agitation. And then a lot of times then that'll result in more imploding, like done. I'm just done. I've got nothing. I've got nothing to pour out anywhere. Wow. That's hard stuff. Yeah. And yeah. No, such a heaviness to it. Right. Like we've all yeah. got capacity and once we're done, we're done. And sometimes right. our body will just tell us that like, Hey, if you're not going to slow down and care for me, um, I'll slow you down and you will start caring for me at some point. And, um, yeah, it'll come if we don't care for it, it'll care for us, but just usually not in the way that we're really needing or wanting it to. Yeah, in a way that costs more than we want to give. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you, you talk about this, this prolonged chronic stress. I know, um, or I, it feels sometimes like we, we talk about burnout as working too much. Mm. But sometimes, you know, you, everyone knows that one person who just works all the time and they're fine. Like, is it just about how much you're working or is it deeper than that? Um, yeah, not necessarily. I, I think it depends on the nature of the work. Uh, like some people can go and go and go and they're just loving it. Like I think of sometimes recording artists, oh, these songs are coming up and the passion and the energy and I'm working 12 to 16 hours going. That has a different feel than, oh, I'm grinding through this thing that's not really a passion area for me and or even gifting area. I've been loving, uh, you know, John Thompson. So I've been reading mm -hmm. Convergence, one of his books. So good. He's talking about spiritual gifting areas. And sometimes it's not our gifting area. And we're pouring out from something that it's almost more naturally having to do those things. Let's say it's yeah. admin or, I mean, this has shown up within COVID as well. Um, each church is operating in a bit of a different way. And some people are thrust into roles that aren't really a gifting area and it's more survival. Like, yeah, we've got a, a leak in the dam. You need to then hold that up. It's not what I do. I know. Um, but then right. how long can we do that? How long can we sustain that? We uh, at Village Church have been doing uh, shepherding calls, like trying to reach out to each person connected with the church. And for some people, all right, how many more calls? Bring them. Let's do it. And others, I don't even want to pick up my phone today. I don't even want to start. And yeah. it's the exact same task, but two, two totally different experiences for people based on passion areas or even Jessica, as you're talking around this um, and I'll hear this from other people. Like, I don't know how you counsel people in this way. And, but I love it. I still have a capacity, but I love it. And that's the same thing I'll say to other people. I don't, I don't know how you do that. Like that would so drain me or some people with spreadsheets or uh, emails just like churning through like ah like that, right that dramatic but it's like soul sucking sometimes um yeah but it can feel that way because i think that can be one of the causes operating in areas that there isn't a gifting area that there isn't a passion area that's going to drain your tank a lot more than something that 
you love, which can mm -hmm. still drain your tank too. And that's knowing your capacity there. And, and then you find out you're at the bottom of that. And even the things that I love doing, I don't want to do those anymore. I don't want to get up to preach or speak. I don't want to lead this meeting right now. I don't want to have this conversation. And yet oftentimes then you keep pushing through and it's your scrape in the bottom of the barrel and it really takes a toll on you. Yeah. So is, you know, we're, we're talking specifically about ministry and, and, mm -hmm. and burnout ministry. And, you know, it, it does seem from research and even people that we know that this is a problem within yes. the ministry world. It's, it's very prevalent, unfortunately. And is that part, you know, I think a lot of times in ministry, there is, you know, there's not a lot of room to be very specific often in mm. ministry jobs. So is that part of it or is there something else that makes it um, just such a, an issue? Yeah, this, this is hard. So this has been one of my biggest things. I've been in my uh, staff position almost six years now and yeah, I don't have an answer. Um, and, I mean, every ministry context is different, but ministry is its own beast, so to speak. Um, mm. I mean, it's hard if you think about it because it, it, it comes into the personal, um, it comes into which an aspect of that is just the spiritual. Uh, so when I, when I worked at the university before, I would have classes at certain times, I'd have faculty meetings at certain times and office hours at certain times. There's a chunk, I need to prepare for that. Once I prepared for that and or gone through those meetings, that was then done. I mean, there's the, the floating things of research pieces and um, the direction of where things are going in emails but generally a lot more locked in. Um, when I went on campus, I was there to work. Whereas when you get into a church or ministry setting, it's, this is where I worship. My family's here. Um, people will come up and then ask, uh, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Am I doing this as a fellow uh, church attender, uh, part of the body in that sense? Am I doing this in my staff role? Do I just uh, lean into this? If you're, then, if you're then preaching, you're preaching you're not sitting there being preached to. Um, and it's, it gets complicated. I remember when I was first considering and praying into coming into a staff position, a whole host of different viewpoints, because church is, it's loaded. People have histories and, and that, and, and well-meaning, loving people, or then anything, don't. Like, that's, it's just messy. Don't do that. And, um, yeah, even around boundaries or different, especially within counseling, dual relationships, like counseling this person, but then are they then a, a friend or a staff member or this? And it's just uh, living in that gray and it's a lot more gray. So when we talk about burnout, when we talk about, well, boundaries, it's not as clean, it's not as clear. And then we're talking about, this is like kingdom work stuff. And this is the beauty of it. Like I know oftentimes it's painted in a, a difficult light and don't do this run i don't oh man like it's the church it's such a beautiful thing we get to be a part of and uh, one of the primary ways that god's doing his kingdom work but then yeah it can get messy it can get gray and so then how do we actually leverage this how do we set some of those boundaries how do we how do we do what it is that god's calling us to do when it isn't quite as clear when do i start when do i end how do I operate within there? And how do I actually, to a certain extent, receive from the church and engage from that, enter into worship, um, be, be preached to um, in those ways, and actually then take in the body with other people to accomplish what it is that God intended for, for church. We need to be fighting for that um, in many ways. 
Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I'm married to a pastor, so I resonate with a lot of that. There is a lot of gray. There's, there's the pressure of your, your family's community is where your job is and how that plays out. And, um, but you're right. It is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. as well to be on the front lines of what God's doing in people's lives. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. we're on mission together and we're, we're pouring out towards something and uh, yeah, doing that kingdom work piece. And, and I think that can create some of the gray on, and when does that end? And yeah. do we shut that down? Unlike, um, yeah, let's say a factory. It's like, nope, factory's closed. There we right. go. Um, there isn't something to be done, but no, it's all God's work. And then even having a bit of that battlefield mindset of we then need to yeah. go and we are, there is a battle. There's a spiritual battle. There's a whole battle going on. And we are then troops, but that's the hard part. I mean, battles often, they have a time period and a pocket, or even uh, Carrie Newhoff talks about the seasons, like we can go through seasons of difficulty or extra pressure, but then seasons have endings. But if it's always a battle, like a lifetime of that, and by what power am I doing this? And then what do I have in me in order to then do that? And I think that's a big part of it. How often are we taking stock of how we're doing in the midst of this? instead of discovering, it's like that um, frog in the boiling water thing, you find out later, like, I mean, for the frog, I'm dead, (laughs) extreme. But then for us, it's like, I'm burnt out. I didn't realize that I've been, I've been fighting a battle and for years, uh, for Mm -hmm. such a long time, then you throw COVID on top of that. um, It hits everybody and it adds a whole extra weight in there. It's a factor. It's a big deal. Yeah. Have you been seeing anything in particular with COVID and how it's affecting? I mean, you work in a church, so mm-hmm. obviously, yeah. Yeah, even, uh, well, I mean, uh, personally, I, I found uh, whatever I was carrying prior, then COVID came in and all of a sudden things became unsettled. And uh, like, even if we look at our psychology, we have schemas. We create, this is part of the beauty of how God wired us that we create these shortcuts for the world. There's so much information going on. And so we try to put things in boxes and have these quick, like the riding the bike thing. I can't think about all the mechanics of that. It just needs to happen. So our brains then wire together and we get into simple mode. That's where we can sometimes tune out our spouse or our kids. It's, yes, uh-huh. I have no idea what they just said. Uh, yep. so, so we have to be careful of the edges, but that's an efficient thing. And then all of a sudden the world changed and not to be dramatic, but it has in many ways. There's been an unsettling So then our brains are working harder, trying to figure out what does this mean for me personally? Just like I was tired for that first week, for sure. Just what is it going to look like to now work at home? And um, I did a day the other day uh, going back into the office. I was tired by the end. And I could try to rationally say, what? I've done this before. I've gone into the office and and I wasn't even interacting with people. There's nobody there. But then going into a new environment, my brain had to say, oh, this is new again. How are we doing this? So you take, like even remove COVID from the equation. Like you said, burnout isn't a new thing COVID related, but it adds an extra chunk. It's almost like um, I was carrying a 70% load. COVID came in and for some people, now it's 80%. For others, it's 100, 110. It adds a big extra chunk, no matter who you are, no matter where you live. And for some more than others, Let's say a spouse, their job, the job loss as a result of this. Uh, kids are now home, and we were talking about this earlier, of then having to jump into yeah. a teaching role. And I'm not a teacher. Oh, now you are. Um, 
oh great, um, but I'm also then managing these other responsibilities. That's a lot. And I, and I think uh, one of the big things yeah. that I hope um, you guys listening to this walk away, just to be encouraged and also have so much compassion and grace for yourself. This is, we're in a time like no other and we have capacity and it's going to weigh us down. And the risk would be, especially social media connections of, well, I'm noticing this person doing that. And um, yeah, they're, uh, uh, my wife's doing a sourdough starter thing, like, cause everybody's baking now, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's been fun. We've had anything from crackers to wonderful loaves. And, uh, uh, but nice. the pressure of that, is that something or whether it's exercise or um, uh, I need to lose weight, I need to gain weight. I should like, whoa. And then we're putting all these yeah. pressures on ourselves, and, I think just moving through COVID and doing it with minimal damage, that's, I mean, that's a win or even the day, like we did today, we got through today and yeah, and celebrate yeah. that. And I think we really have to watch the expectations, the pressures we're putting on ourselves. And if, if, if our, uh, we talk about self-talk or it's like the coach on our shoulder, if the coach is saying more, 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 go, 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 then I know where that path goes. It goes towards burnout and you'll find it pretty quick. But if you can then have that more compassionate side to say, hey, there's a lot going on in this world. Look at your individual life. Uh, look at uh, things around you. Look at the organization you're a part of. Like so much has changed. It's okay. Find rest. Like pull back as needed. Slow down. Refuel. Like I, I think we need to have those pieces. We need to hold those because otherwise we're just going to keep dipping down further and further and further because COVID's added a heavy weight to all of us. Yeah. Oh, totally. I, you know, and all the decisions that have to be made when we've never faced any of it before. I, I I've joked that uh, we used to talk about out of the box thinking, but now all thinking is out of the box thinking because someone destroyed the box. Yes. Like, um, and so that that's a weight in and of itself. So, I mean, probably go on and on about how bad burnout is and all the risks, but we want to, we want to have something to do. Like what, yeah. what then would you say, um, like, what do you want to encourage those who are listening to do and be on the lookout for? And how can we, how can we prevent this? Yeah. I think a big thing is we can't do it on our own. Um, so number one, um, yeah, we need Jesus um, in and through this. We need to be preaching to ourselves um, and not a come down, grind us down sort of thing. Like, yeah, there'll be a challenge in there. And there, um, I, I hope that if you're, if you're knocking on the door of burnout or you're wondering, like, is this me? I'm not so sure that there will be a nudge, but for the, not in the guilty sake, um, this is the beauty of the gospel. Like we're called to such a high standard, like be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Do not be anxious. Um, rejoice always pray without seeing. like the standards high for us. Well, why is that? Because man, heaven, we need the protection there that no sin can enter in. And God's called us to that. But the beauty of the gospel is he knows that we can't do it on our own. That's why we need Jesus in and through this. You need Jesus. I know you know that, but I'm, I'm constantly preaching the gospel to myself and everything that I do. I need that power. Like I won't then measure up. It's because of who he is and what he did. And so I think number one, it's then recognizing that from a place of humility of like it's when we are weak, he is made strong. I'm not in a place to lift myself up, to pick myself up apart from him. And here's the beauty of this. I think it's 
I think it's John 15, five, maybe. Um, yeah, apart from me, you can do nothing. Talk to the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Like I've, I've yeah. thought that at times, like, uh, really like nothing. But I think it's recognizing yeah. whether I, I um, give him the glory for it or not, whether I attribute it to him or not, he's at work. If there's good, if there's healing, if there's wholeness, if there's health, it's him operating. So I think number one, it's then preaching the gospel to ourselves and then others. Uh, we need to bring other people into this. We're not meant to do life on our own. Um, we are very deeply relational beings. And so if, if you're in a leadership position and you're, and you're struggling, uh, actually, I'll even go before that. Let's say you're not struggling. Your leadership needs to know how you're doing. Like, they need to check in with them. We need to be authentic because uh, the, the risk is that we're, I've got it together. Everything's fine. We're good. Don't worry about me because that's what a good leader is. There are no chinks in my armor. I've got the strength. Here we go forward. Um, you're, yeah, you're not being authentic. And that's actually a, its own load to carry because then you can't show error. Like, you have to have it all together. You, and then sometimes I'll hear this and I have to watch this tension in me too. Well, we're going through COVID. We need a, we need a leader. Like we need to step forward and just like, everything's fine, everybody. But that disconnects from people because it isn't perfect. It is hard. It is heavy. And so even just saying like, and I would encourage this lead from that, whether it's a staff meeting, whether it's one-on-one -on -one meetings, whether it's preaching, whatever it is, acknowledge that this is tough. Acknowledge your struggles in that. Uh, what's the saying? Lead from your limb. Be authentic. It'll actually take some pressure off of you. It's a beautiful thing. I think church, the more we can be real and actually engage with the, like our heart, that what really matters, what's going on inside, a freedom can then happen. So bring others into it, let them know. And I think a big part is get back to the basics, especially if you're in a phase of burnout. And if you're not, these are things that um, you can have in place too. Starts with the body. Like, <laughs> listen, are there aches? Are there pains? Are there tensions? Um, I, I worked um, when I was an undergrad, we we're moving furniture around for dorms and I threw my back out. So now that's a wonderful reminder for me that if I get tension in my upper back, it's like, yeah, I'm carrying a little more stress and I may not know it, but when my back tells me that, or sometimes I get a nice little flutter in my eyelid, which is wonderful. People think I'm winking at them. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just tired or stressed right now. <laughs> But we all have those. Like, think about that for a second. What is? What are some of your indicators? What are your body clues? And you, and what you need to do is then, um, and I'll give you four R's for this one. The big one is then you need to retreat. Like, you actually need to take a step back from what's going on. And, and that, so you might need to let leaders, like, I need a day. I need a week. I need a this. And I realized, but we can't afford this right now. I'll also argue, but you can't afford, like, if you're not there, you're not leading. You're not, you're, you don't have anything for anyone. So this is actually looking out for the organization. It's looking out for family. It's looking out for self, being a good steward of yourself in there. So in that retreat, you're stepping back, like even just breathing. There's something powerful about breathing. Like when people yeah. are freaking out about something, I just take a deep breath, calm down, which usually we can't hear. Why? Because we are freaking out and I can't hear you right now. Like I actually need to, need to calm down. That's a good marriage tip too. And soothe, relax, and then actually get that rest. And it'll probably take a bit. Um, yeah. If you've been uh, grinding down and your body, like the fatigue is there, you're probably not going to have a night's rest. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there you go, pop back at it. So then you're probably not in burnout if that's the case, 
But if you're having a hard time actually recovering, recuperating, then yeah, you need retreats. Like you actually need to move away and simplify. Like I was talking about all the information our brain's taking in. If we keep feeding it with more information and shifts and changes and it, it will never get the rest that it needs, we have to unplug, take a step back. And then even like exercise is big, whether it is depression or whether it's burnout. And this is like, it's such a catch 22. I'm wait, Josh, you're saying that burnout is I don't have any physical, emotional, spiritual, relational energy, and I'm supposed to exercise. Yeah, but that's, that's how we actually regain some of that. It's like you're getting the engine going again, but you need, okay, God, I need your help in this. Empower me to do immeasurably more than I can think or ask because my body's saying, no, it's not happening. But then we need others too. Like, hey, you want to go out for a walk? Do you want to do that? That's been one of the beautiful things of COVID. I've never walked more in my life. Um, yeah. and, and they're never straight paths. Cause I'm like zigzagging, avoiding people coming down here and there. It looks it's like, uh, the whole leper sort of thing. Um, yep. Yep. thankfully that we definitely all know. feels like that, <laughs> but we all know what's going on. So, um, but no, you need other people to then say, Hey, let's get up, let's get going. So yeah, we need to retreat and then and we need to refuel and that's getting the rest, the relaxation, um, we need to be tuning into what's going on inside of us. Uh, Pete Scazzaro has a great book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and he'll talk about the importance of uh, slowing down, going down into what's going on inside. Like how we're, let's do a bit of a check engine sort of thing. And uh, a lot of times, and I'll stereotype and, and myself included, that in ministry we're cognitive, rational ideas, logic, theology, uh, there yep. we go beautiful thing beautiful thing a lot of times we then neglect the below the surface how am i doing how am i feeling like emotions are they're hard to put in boxes and they're all over the place i think uh, mm -hmm. one of my profs was talking about uh, yeah they're firm like jelly and so a lot of times we just don't want to do that let's not go there but yeah. it's important they're great clues uh, i'm getting irritable uh, i'm sad i'm lonely i'm angry i don't about what, about what is then the question we always mm -hmm. ask. And there's a really great tool. You could just Google this. Um, it's called the Pletchik emotion wheel, or if you even just type in emotion wheel and it gives a bunch of different options because a lot of us, we don't have words for it. Well, what are you feeling? Not good. All right. Um, can we go a little bit deeper in that? But then looking, looking at that wheel and discovering and we can, it can be a variety of things. Um, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm tired, I'm irritable, I'm angry. And then even uh, Daniel Siegel, he's a neuropsychiatrist, talks about name it to tame it. If we can start putting words to that, it starts to come down a little bit. And then also as we can tame it and even process it, our load becomes lighter and then we can work with it better. I'm angry about this. Okay, was an injustice done? Or talk about tip of the iceberg. Usually it's not just anger. It's okay. What's below this? What's happening under the surface? Right. I'm feeling lonely. I don't, well, then that's good to know. Can I bring a trusted person into that? Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a good friend. Of, and you can either share, I'm feeling lonely, or you connect with them and you start tapping into that right. lonely place. And so you can start to work with it. And then uh, the other big piece would then be part of the refueling. So we've retreated, refueling, and this is part of the repurpose, really connecting back to the source. Like 
apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, that means that in him, I can do all things. I don't, and this is the beauty of scripture. So I think that's one of the primary grounding basics piece. And I know we know this. Um, and so this is a little bit Sunday school, but man, back to preaching to ourselves. Like when I get anxious, when I, so even like, I love doing, uh, whether it's podcasts or webinars, uh, teaching those sort of things, I get angst because it's part of anxiety's job. Like, hey, careful, you're not just standing by yourself here or talking to somebody else. Pay attention. Um, here are some things yeah. you need to think about. And and I can only imagine for all you uh, teachers, preachers, leaders who are then speaking to a camera, like, oh, I, yeah. man, is that hard. I hey, I've got no feedback here. Even try to drop a bit of an illustration or a joke and you get silence. Like, all right, right. and then moving forward that's hard. We don't then get that feedback. I then, my, my quiet time's been such an anchor then to me. Um, and I'll go through seasons too. I'm not perfect in it, but it's such a grounding. It reminds me who he is, who I am, and by what power I'm going to do anything. And I think that's part of the beauty of spiritual gifts too, to where, man, uh, God's, he's spoken through donkeys, um, which is humbling for me. So if he can speak through a donkey, he can speak through me. Um, yes. Even the rocks cry out. Like it, it puts us in our place um, and recognizes that he hardens hearts, uh, opens ears. All like he is in absolute control. And so, what we're going to do as we meet with somebody, as we speak to people, we so need him. And the more dependent we can be on him for the power and the source to be refueled. Um, love Ephesians three twenty to him who can do immeasurably more than we can think or ask by the power at work than us that's the source, right? So if I'm depleted, if I'm empty, I need to fuel up. I need to care for my body. I need to then refuel and then that repurpose. So retreat, refuel, repurpose. God, what is it that you are calling me to right here? Like I imagine if you're a church leader right. there, what systems do we have in place? What's next? What are we doing? This can be an exciting and a daunting time. It's beautiful. I'm so praying into the world is unsettled. I'm praying for revival. Um, Amen. Yes, because it's <laughs> we realize how little control we have. And uh, I've heard it said, it's like we're building a plane in the air. Uh, all right, we got to go. We've got a service that needs to come out. We've got ministries that are then going. We're figuring it out. So give yourself that compassion. You're going to make mistakes. Um, let's learn from the quote unquote failures of that. But then let's not do it ahead of him. Hey, God, what is it that you want in place? Uh, there are a lot of uh, the sayings or was it a good thing and a God thing? Like I only like there are beautiful ministries and groups and this we could be starting. But is that what God's wanting us to do right now? Maybe he wants it to be more simple. Let's keep it simple. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants to reach out. But how do we know? We come to him and then say, God, I put this in front of you with open hands. Can you tell me? Can you lead me? Can you guide me of what I'm supposed to do with this? and whether we're supposed to go forward. And if we are to go forward, help us to not do it apart from you. Um, because if that's the case, then that means I'm not alone in it. If that's the case, then that means when the difficulties come, we talk about this in terms of being called to ministry. Sometimes we hang on to the call. I know, I don't yeah. feel it, but I know. And it's the same thing for ministries and engagement. And even like, uh, man, my, my heart breaks. I feel such a heaviness for, for you leaders as well as you make financial decisions of staffing and, oh, and that's a part of the, in a factory, that's a heavy weight for somebody to lay somebody off in a church. It's a heavy yeah. weight, sometimes even greater. Like I know these people, they, they need this, they need this job. 
um, their spouse, their this yeah. was just, I don't know how they're going to do it. And you then have to have that incredibly difficult conversation of either scale back, repurpose the role, or I'm, I'm sorry, we can't employ you anymore. Like, man, that's heavy. That's another load you carry there too. And that matters. Um, yeah, I feel for you guys in that. We absolutely, if we then know that this is part of God's plan of what we're doing, it doesn't remove the heaviness and the pain, but it reminds us that he is carrying this with us. Uh, he is, we are yoked with him in this, that I can actually find rest in him in this as I feel this heaviness, this burden, this pain um, in the midst of it. And then the last R is then re-engage. How do I re-engage with good boundaries in place? Like, what are the things I need to um, say no to? And that's hard. And a great book around that. I, mean, I want to throw resources at you guys. So it goes beyond this podcast. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Cloud and Townsend, great book called Boundaries. They'll talk about boundaries with yourself, with others, with technology, with work, with friends. As we start reintegrating more, more opportunities are going to come up. Beautiful thing. We've got freedom, but with freedom, we've also got a responsibility of where do I pour? And if I'm already running on empty, like I felt angst when I was hearing like we're coming back to things like, and that might sound backwards, but it's like my brain is saying, whoa, new things, um, new schemas, new structures. Um, we just got used to this other one. Yeah. We weren't even used to it. Um, like that's the thing. I don't, we just I don't know started you know finding a normal. Yeah. Yeah. We just started finding it and now it's changing again. And, and that requires so much energy and space in there too. So how do I have the courage to say no? And I think the big picture and why, and that's big for me. I have a hard time. I don't want to reject people. Um, I care about them. And um, so if I am, I need to know why I'm doing that. Well, because why, if I do something every evening or if I do this multiple times a day or so many appointments, I won't have anything for anyone. So why? I need to make sure I'm caring for me, caring for my family, caring for my organization, caring for relationships. Um, under him, of course, guiding and directing it. So that's why I'm going to say no right now. And some people are great with that and some people aren't. And I then have to reassure myself, this is and because- that's okay. I'm, yes, exactly. It's like a mantra almost. That's okay. I'm going to be okay. They're going to be okay. And, and it may not sit well, but I'm doing it because this is part of caring for myself. And sometimes it's actually caring for them too. Like, you won't have me as a friend, not because I won't like you. <laughs> I just will have zero capacity if I, if I say yes to everything. So I'm going to pull back to actually protect our relationship so that I have more to give when we are actually together and around each other. So yeah, we re-engage with those boundaries and those structures in place. Wow. It's so good. And, and, yeah, I love all the resources. We'll we'll make sure to put like links to all of them in our show notes so that it's easy for everyone to find. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, there's so many things that we can do. You just listed off what, uh, like, how do you find the next step? You know, if someone's mm -hmm. listening and they're going, okay, that's a lot. I need to do something. How do you figure out what's the next step for you? Yeah, uh, great question. I, I think the big next step, and I love just even the fact that you're doing this podcast, it's basically to connect us um, in our little pockets. And there are other leaders, there are other pastors out there that are going through this. Mm -hmm. And I, I would encourage you, and I realize it does take courage, but be the one to reach out. We, we read and react people. It's like, how are they doing? Oh, they seem fine. Mm, they probably can't handle my I'm not doing fine. 
um, or I don't want to be uh, the fears being shamed in that of, well, they're carrying that load and seem to be okay. Uh, well, think mm -hmm. of how you portray yourself when you're out in front of other people. You probably look fairly okay. Um, but I, I know, I am telling you, um, I'll engage with pastors from different uh, churches, organizations. This is a thing. Like if you look at what's searched on the internet right now, mental health, burnout, in ministry, like it is a thing. You are not alone in this. So I think the step one would be mm -hmm. who's somebody you can reach out to and let them know. And, and you could even preface it with, hey, I was, I was listening to a podcast or I was reading a book on the, whatever it might be. Um, I'm struggling right now. Um, uh, here's what I'm noticing. And oftentimes, especially if this is somebody that you can trust, they will then reciprocate and share a little bit of their struggle in the midst of it. But we have to do this together. Like, let's not uh, my church, your church, this church, that. No, 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 no. Church, like church, church, how it's supposed to be. Um, we need yeah. each other in the midst of this because, man, it can be lonely at the top, so to speak, in terms of leadership roles. And, and, and then from that place, hopefully recognizing, um, yeah, that lead from the limp. I don't need to be at the top on my own. I'm actually going to better care for my people if I can be real and honest about what's going on. Like, hey, we had a really tough week. Um, we didn't do school for the last half of it. Yeah, that's just how it went. <laughs> and, and you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a bit of a peace that even happens for whoever's hearing from you in the midst of that because you're real. They're living in the real world. You are too. But it gives them that permission to then share I'm not okay. And you know what actually happens? The risk would be on the one hand, everything together yeah. from the top down, everybody else has the pressure of putting things together on top of everything they're carrying. Um, whereas uh, then on the other hand, it's, hey, I'm human. Here are the things I'm thankful for. Here's how I'm going about this. Here's what I'm struggling with. Now level playing field. And you'll actually find people within your congregations, organizations, reaching out to each other more because now we can talk about it. And then those care needs for you, especially if you're not a shepherd, become much less. And, and in a beautiful way, you, there's only yeah. one savior. You are not him. I tell myself that all the time. I don't actually think I'm the savior, but I carry the weight or the burden of trying to care for people um, in it. And I have like, that's a big mantra, especially when I came on at the church. He is. So then therefore, yeah, I need to rely on him. Others need to rely on him in that too. And it actually gives them the permission to care for each other in a better way. And the church can yeah. be the church. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gary, your husband, I've loved connecting with him. He has such a heart for that. It's how do we help the church be the church? Like actually as a leader, yeah. I want them to do it. Um, yeah. If I'm carrying it, they're not doing it. And we actually can be robbing people of their beautiful shepherding gifts and mercy and care gifts and helps within the church. Can we be real ourselves to then have them, I think quite organically, care for each other in and through this? Oh, that's so good. I, I know there's so much that we could, we could just keep going and going and yeah. going. I'm so grateful uh, to you for coming on and, and doing this today. Um, I was wondering before we go, would you be uh, willing to pray? For, pray oh, over our pastors and our, our leaders and those listening, especially those who are, are maybe listening going, yeah, yeah, this is me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, love to. Yeah, God, um, I so thank you that, man, you are, you are powerful. You are huge. You are over all things. You are in all things. And on top of that, you intimately care about each person. You intimately care about uh, everybody who's listening to this right now. 
you know how many hairs are on their head, you breathe life um, into their lungs, you know the plans that you have had, do have, continue to have for them, and you are, you say you're near to the brokenhearted, nothing can separate us from your love. I thank you, Lord, for how much you love and care for each person here. I ask that uh, they would uh, get a strong felt sense of your presence, um, and then also know, even on a head level, that you are with them in this and through this. I thank you that you do empower us, that you equip us. God, I ask that you would encourage each person right now. I thank you that as we talk to you, we're not trying to send stuff up to you. You hear us. Uh, we can even enter into your throne room. And I ask for that experience for each person right now, that there would be a spark, there would be a fire, there would be an encouragement in them that being in your presence, Lord, is that's home. Uh, that's where we need to be. That's the where the refueling and the repurposing then come. Help them to draw near to you. Help them to take even a few minutes after this, whether it's put on worship music, whether it's um, in prayer, whether it's talking and pouring out, whether it's listening and being poured into, whatever it is that you would meet them there, Lord, and that your spirit would come over them and you would fill them to overflowing so that they can then step forward and re-engage in ways that are um, in step with what it is that you're calling them to, that they would experience your love and there'd be such a goodness and a richness in, in your word as well, and that you would use others to provide support, guidance, challenge, and direction to them. God, we love you. We need you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Josh. This has been amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jessica. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you found this conversation encouraging and helpful. And if you're looking for any of the many resources that were mentioned, you can find those linked in our show notes. I also want to remind you that our team at the Fellowship Pacific Ministry Center is here to support you. Burnout is a hard reality that many of us have had to deal with. And if you're feeling like this is where you're at right now, please feel free to reach out to any of us at any time. You can find all of our contact information along with additional resources for ministry at our website, www.fedpacific.ca.